Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Four teams, one goal. Making it to Las Vegas in just a few short weeks. With all eyes on the prize, we've teamed up with DraftKings. They're an official NFL partner, and they are going to get you in on all the action. Right now, new customers who bet just $5 are going to get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Yeah, instantly. Download the DraftKings app now. Sign up using my promo code, BullyBall, for your shot at the crown. That's right. Again, I want to say it. New customers who bet just $5 will get $200 in bonus bucks instantly. Wondering what you can do with your $200 in bonus bets? Well, combine multiple bets together from the same game for a shot at an even bigger payout. And if you're already signed up for DraftKings, you can get in on it. No sweat, a no sweat bet. Get a bonus bet back if your same game parlays GPX bet doesn't hit. Max reward, limit supply. But if sports betting isn't available in your state yet, don't even worry about that. You can still join in on all the fun with DraftKings Daily Fantasy and have the chance to win cash prizes there. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. You can get it now. New customers use the promo code BULLYBALL, bet just five bucks on any wager and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. That's promo code BULLYBALL, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. Welcome into Bully Ball presented by DraftKings. I'm Rachel Nichols. I am still in the U.S. of A. That's DeMarcus Cousins. He is not. Boogie, <laughs> Taiwan, you've been there for about a week now. Your team is 2-0 since you got there, but what is it actually like? Um, it's actually really nice. Um, I'm enjoying myself here. Um, uh, you know, like you said, the team we've won two games. Um, 14 hour flight. Uh, I basically got off a plane, went and played a game. I haven't played an organized <laughs> basketball game since last July. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's been a a fast transition for me. You know, trying to get acclimated with everything and get used to the team, learn the plays, learn the system, things of that nature. So uh, it was a quick turnaround for me. So uh, like you said, 2-0, things are going well. So, uh, you know, things are up. So I'm excited for it. All right. What's the part of basketball there that's the most different from here? (sighs) Man, it's a a physical game, one. Um, You know, the NBA isn't as physical as it was at one point. Not anymore, especially man. I, especially when I first came into the league. But, uh, I mean, my first game, I played a guy that was 7'7", and I've, I've never seen a human being 
that massive in my life. That's the first time in my life I've ever like felt small. So uh, you, you know, I have that, to that's say, I don't have that I much never, sympathy for you. <laughs> I mean, I'm not asking for sympathy. You know, I you know I'm gonna hold my own, but uh, <laughs> I, it's definitely an experience I'll never forget. Like actually looking up to another player. So uh, crazy experience. But uh, like I said, it's been fun. I'm enjoying myself, and uh, you know, we're gonna keep this thing rolling over here. I just want to give you some perspective. That guy was seven foot seven. You're around six eleven. So you know we're talking about what, like eight nine inches, depending on what everyone's measuring at that day. Um, your difference in height to me, my friend, is uh, let's see, eighteen inches. Eighteen inches. I'm five foot four. <laughs> so. I, I felt five four last game, so I know how you feel, Rich. I, I, I trust me, I do. <laughs> All right. Well, we're still going to ask you a bunch of questions about what's going on in the NBA state side. I do want to point out too; it's after midnight there for you. So, thank you very much for being here. Wouldn't miss an episode. I love it. I love it. All right. First up, we got to talk a little bit about the Suns because they have won five straight. This is kind of what we expected more when they put the team together this summer, especially with the additions they made before they had all those injuries. Devin Booker, man, had 52 in a game over the weekend. And by the way, they also beat the Pacers yesterday. So it just feels as if the pieces are starting to be there. Do you feel that you can say that they've turned the corner, Boog? Because they're seventh in the West right now. Um, You could say they are. Uh, This is a team that didn't have their, you know, their entire team at the beginning of the season. They lacked a big piece in Bradley Beal early on. So uh, them you know, slowly starting to come into their own at this point in the season, it it only makes sense. Um, They didn't get the luxury of, you know, having this right away at the beginning of the season. So, um, you know, they're finding their flow, they're finding their rhythm. And uh, obviously you have a three-headed monster in these three guys and Bill, Booker, and and KD. So, uh, you know, it only makes sense. But uh, I think they'll only continue to get better. Um, I still feel that this team does need a point guard at some point in the season. Um, Mm -hmm. And the reason I say that is because, you know, being with them having Booker and Katie early on, I think that should have been more than enough to keep them in a playoff spot. Right. But for some reason, it it just didn't work out that way. So um, obviously, Bill is a huge piece of this team, but it still should have been enough to, you know, keep things afloat. But um, I think a, a traditional point guard would help this team tremendously. Um, you know, it's plenty of time for them to add an addition. Who that addition mm-hmm. is, you know, we'll never know until that time comes, if that time comes. <laughs> it's, it's, it's plenty of options out here that can, you know, improve this team at that spot. So um, we'll continue to see how they, you know, play throughout the season. And uh, we'll see if they ever do, you know, add that key piece that they need to, you know, actually be a contender for this season. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Yeah, I mean, look, 
Yeah, I mean, when Beal is out there, it does make a huge difference. The the amount of spacing everybody else has just skyrockets up. And he has played, I mean, these three have only played together, I think, 11 to 42 games. That's just over a quarter of the games played. So we just haven't seen yet what I think we are going to see if everyone stays healthy. I mean, that's the other side of this, right? We've seen them when everyone isn't healthy. And if an injury happens to one of those top three guys, it's such a top-heavy team that could affect their playoff run certainly as well. But for right now, having those guys all together has made clearly a huge difference. And I think now it's just a matter of figuring things out defensively. They're still in the bottom half of the league defensively. Those numbers are particularly bad when you isolate to the fourth quarter. So again, they're on a five-game winning streak, so some of that's really improved. But that, to me, is the direction now that they have all these guys in the lineup they have to figure out, for me at least. And we'll see if they make a deal before the deadline bug. I I don't know. From your lips, maybe, Suns fans would be excited about bolstering the team. And we'll have to see if they can make their way up until the middle of the Western Conference standings. Absolutely. Feel good about it. Um, I want to talk about the other side of the conference, though, uh, with uh, the Pacers landing Pascal Siakam. Uh, This trade happened. Such high hopes for the way these teams, you know, this team would absorb Siakam, that they would fit together. And then with him on the floor so far, they're 0-2. So, look, we're not judging off of two games, obviously. But what do you think long-term of the fit there and how much is Pascal Siakam going to change the fortunes of this team? Uh, I think this was a great move for the Spacers team. Um, I think mm-hmm. he fits he fits in seamlessly with this team. Uh, I think he's a great complement to uh, Halliburton. Uh, the pace they play at the the young it's a great mixture of young and old talent. Uh, well, older talent. I don't want to say old, but older <laughs> talent. But um, I, I think it fits perfect, and uh, it's going to take a little time for them to figure each other out, you know, figure out their chemistry, gain the chemistry. Uh, Siakam has to learn the system. He has to learn habits of his teammates and vice versa. So uh, it, it'll take a little time. It's a midseason trade, and this is usually how, you know, midseason trades happen. And yeah. uh, it's going to be an adjustment period. But uh, as far as on paper, I think it's a perfect move. And, um, you know, I think the Pacers can easily slide into that top five in the East Mm-hmm. Maybe top six, but I think they're a team that's gonna. <laughs> I think this is a team that's gonna definitely make some noise in the East, and uh, they're a dangerous team on a nightly basis. So, uh, like I said, I think this was a great move for the Spacers team. Yeah, I mean, look, of the two games they lost, one of them I mentioned was to the Suns yesterday. They haven't had Tyrese Halliburton in the lineup, so that's been a huge thing of this transition for Siakam. How is he supposed to get used to playing with Tyrese Halliburton when? Halliburton isn't there. Uh, Tyrese has mixed six of the last seven games. You know, we're still sort of waiting for that hamstring to level out. So I think we're going to have to wait and see what happens. Obviously, just the speed on the break with both of those guys is going to be just, you know, like thunder raining down on people. And the Pacers, you know, there's a lot of hype about how they're, you know, top three in the league in transition and their transition offense is, is so good and all this other stuff. I think what people forget is that that then allows them to drive the lane really well, too. And they're top three in that, by the way, top three in points from drives and top three in just attempts, drive attempts. So I I think that he's going to help on both of those scores because he's so good at that, too. Um, And we'll have to see. I just the larger question is, is are these two guys enough that you would put them in a year or two, just sort of not in that top five or six, but in the top one or two, depending if they can build around them. Is Are they enough to be your big stars? 
Um, I say yes. Uh, I think Halliburton is only going to continue to get better. He's still a young mm-hmm. player in this league. He's still, in actuality, he's still figuring out his game. Like he he's still going to grow in his game. Um, like I say, he's only going to get better. I think Siakam was a great compliment to this guy. Um, and I think once they gain that chemistry, it, it's going to be a, a scary duo. So uh, they have some good key pieces around them and Buddy Hill, Miles Turner. Um, Miles Turner, he can shoot the ball. He protects the rim greatly. Buddy Hill being one of the better shooters in this league. So uh, this team is definitely taking the steps to becoming a team that could possibly contend at some point. But uh, as far as the move they made with Siakam, they're making the right steps to, uh, moving forward. So um, – I think they have a bright future ahead. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, I mean, look, and and he does officially become an unrestricted free agent over the summer. However, the feeling is that this deal would not have happened if there hadn't been some agreement that the Pacers are going to use the extra money they get now by having his bird rights to re-sign him. Uh, Teams don't make these kinds of deals unless there is a little bit of a wink-wink about a long-term contract. So, you know, I I think we can expect this pairing for a while. I think he will help them defensively. and, And I think they are a threat to maybe, you know, upset one of the big boys in the East during the playoffs. We'll have to see how things progress. But I, I think this is going to be a young, fast, dangerous team. And certainly for a Pacers group that can't attract a ton of free agents in the summer, um, I think that this was huge for them too because this is the way teams like this build. Is They're, they're not going to be some hot free agent destination. So they got to build through moves like this. And as a result, I think they will get who would have been one of the hottest free agents of this coming summer, Pascal Siakam. So a smart move all the way around. I could not agree with you more on that one. I want to talk a little bit about this issue that has been bothering me, Boogie. Talked about a little bit over the course of this season, but I've reached my boiling point. I can't deal with this anymore because we are now that we're at the midway point, little past it, we are really starting to see which players are potentially going to be affected by the new rule the NBA has in place this year that you have to play at least 65 games to be considered for postseason awards. I do not understand how this is supposed to change the amount of games that guys sit out. Because, yes, I think making All-NBA is an honor, and in some cases it affects contracts, which we'll talk about in a minute. But in general, players are not going to put what they consider their health in jeopardy, no matter what the incentive is in the moment. So I, I don't know how much this rule is actually impacting the behavior that they're concerned about and the way that they thought it would. And all it is doing to me is eliminating worthy candidates from a place of honor that they should be in. And, and I can give you mm-hmm. some names here. Um, if we look at the all NBA teams from last year, Boogie, uh, you had five of the guys, big names who did not play 65 games and would not have made it. So if I look in here, I'm looking at Giannis, Steph, LeBron, Jimmy Butler, and uh, Damian Lillard. All would have been eliminated from postseason awards if this rule had been in place. This Mm -hmm. does not make sense to me. And it impacts guys' money also 
Because if you don't make all MBA at a certain time, you're not eligible for a supermax. And Boogie, you certainly, you know, with the mechanics of when you were going to get the supermax from the Kings and sort of how it was working, that is a big difference in money. Mm -hmm. You've got two guys this year with Bam Adebayo and De'Aaron Fox are on the list who, if they do not make all MBA and they both have had injuries so far this season, they each will be looking at a difference in what they can be offered of $93 million. Sheesh. That is crazy that this rule could impact that. I, I don't know. I, I, I'm very upset <laughs> to feel my pain. <laughs> I, I mean, Rachel, I, I totally agree. And uh, I could take it, you know, a step even further. I mean, obviously the money is, is a huge issue and it can, you know, it can affect a player's pockets, but on top of that, it could affect the player's legacy. Um, mm-hmm. these guys could be missing out on all NBA, you know, selections, which, like I said, adds to their legend, adds to their legacy. Um, when these guys' careers are over, it could be two, three seasons where they missed out on this because it's something as simple as, you know, they play 64 games instead of 65. But, uh, I just, I don't think it's a, a, a realistic thing. And, um, another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is going off topic a little bit, but... At the end of the day, I blame the analytics. I think analytics are literally fucking the game up. And this yeah, is an why. example why. Um, when I came into the league, you know, guys didn't miss games. You didn't have to worry about load management. You didn't have to worry about, right. you know, a guy taking two, three games off just because, hey, I don't feel like playing this week. Um, I don't think guys are as conditions, conditioned as they were in the early 2010s when I came in. Um even something as simple as training camp. Um, when I came in the training camp, we were having two days for the first week. Training camp lasted two weeks. The whole first week, it was two days. The yep, first part of practice, you, first part of practice, you learned the system, you learned the defenses. You came back the second half of the day, you scrimmaged, mm-hmm. and it was yep. like that for the entire first week. So uh, we're now at this point in the league where, you know, they, they're preaching this low management and reserving, you know, a guy, uh, these players' bodies and things of that nature. But at the end of the day, I think it's also crippling these players. It's hurting these players, and it's also hurting the competitive nature of the game. So, uh, you know, we I don't want to offend anybody, but we got to we gotta remove the nerves from the game because, like I said, it's fucking up the game. It literally is fucking up the game. <laughs> So uh, I would argue you're talking about two separate things. I will say the NBA agrees with you on the management now, though. They go <laughs> the hand in hand. Hand. <laughs> on load Man, management. It, in that, <laughs> you're gonna get me out. I don't it, tell me, tell me. I don't agree. Rachel, tell me. It's, it's sick, but it's it's. <laughs> I just I hate where it's going because obviously it kind of seems like it's off topic, but these things literally go hand in hand, and. um it's no reason that, you know, Joel Embiid, who I believe is the front runner to win MVP this year, if he misses another 10 games, you're sitting here saying that this guy isn't eligible to win MVP. And that's that's yeah. mind-blowing to me. As incredible of a season he's had this year, 
that make that literally makes no sense. So um, the reason I say it's the analytics, the reason I say we need to remove the nerves because the analytics is the reason we're at this point where guys are missing games. Um, well, look, analytics is just a big category, right? There's some analytics that yeah. tell you, hey, you should shoot more from the right side because guys aren't yeah. guarding you there. That that's that to me is, is sort of smart ways to improve coaching. But I do get what you're saying about load management. The NBA agrees with you. They just put out a report saying it doesn't actually impact players' health in the way that it was initially thought to be. Now, that is a convenient report to be putting out at this time when they are trying to get more players back into the games. But however you want to look at that, that is what they just put out. Um, and, and your point about honor, I think is a huge thing in terms of how guys are looked back on, because we've been talking about the last couple of weeks, the all-star game is a popularity contest. That is literally what it is. So it is not a marker of how good a player you were. It certainly is an indicator. If you're say an eight time all-star, 10 time all-star, huge, huge thing about you wouldn't have gotten to that point without being exceptional at this game of basketball, but it is not the same as all NBA, which is a much more sort of, you know, based on your season judged thing of, Hey, how did you actually do in these games as opposed to how many people like you? And I, I just think that taking that away, will skew our perception of some of these players when we look back at them compared to others. And certainly the MVP part that you point out with Joel, I mean, what a bad sort of chunk of luck that this was changed during his prime of his prime, because if he ends up being a two-time MVP, that puts him in a different category in the game as a one-time MVP. And that would completely shift just because he hasn't played two or three extra games. I mean, I I just, I don't know, man. I, 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 I feel like you're messing with a lot of different things you don't need to be messing with to convince players to do something that I don't think there is enough outward incentive for them to do. I think that guys are going to play as much as they feel like they should play and that teams enable this behavior and that trying to correct what the owners are and aren't doing to protect themselves uh, by putting in this rule makes no sense. You own the team. You want your guys to play more. Tell the coach they all got to play more. Tell the players, if you're not playing, I'm going to reduce your contract. I I don't need to protect the owners from themselves here where they don't want to actually sort of take responsibility for any of this. And they each run their teams in a way where they will rest guys to get the advantage, that sort of thing. Then to have to come in at the end and say, oh, well, you guys can't, you know, uh, sort of deal with your own franchises and your own rules. So we're going to have to make this external rule to try to prompt guys to play. I just... This is dumb. I don't like it. And I hope that this is the last year it happens. (laughs) It's fucking the game up. Absolutely. (laughs) I really, really, really do not like this rule. So again, we're at the midpoint of the season, a little after we start to see the guys it affects. And I will be, I will be on this boogie as we go forward. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we got we to talk a little trade talk as well, because, of course, trade deadline is coming up in just a couple of weeks. Now that the Raptors have completed the Pascal Siakam trade, they got Bruce Brown back in that deal. And we do not expect Bruce Brown to stay in Toronto. We expect this to be a quick turnaround, um, kind of like Drew Holiday was in Portland. And uh, we'll have to take a look at who has the best offers for him. But right now, the reports are the two teams most in the running are the Knicks and the Lakers. So good little rivalry there. Both teams explored getting him in free agency this past summer. What do you think 
of either of those teams acquiring him, would he make a big difference to both rosters, to just one roster? What's your take? Um, I would love Bruce Brown on this Knicks team. Um, I, I, I like the direction that, you know, this organization is moving in with the type of players that they're, you know, trying to put together and, and form with this team. Um, Bruce Brown fits in perfectly. He's that gritty, you know, tough, hard-nosed player that, you know, also fits Thibodeau's system. Uh, he matches the rest of the team as far as the, their playing style. And uh, I know he's a great on-ball defender. He's a hard-hustling player. So all of those things just fit this team perfectly. So uh, in my mind, Bruce Brown going to the Knicks will only improve this team more, even more, even after uh, adding a guy like OG. So uh, yeah. I think that I think that's the perfect move for them moving forward. And um once again, if they if they are able to make this move, you can see them moving up in the East even more. Yeah, I, I, I think you're completely right. I think you'd be perfect on that team. They have a little more, more capital to play with in terms of trades so they can make a deal for him and still have enough left over to make another deal down the road. Whereas with the Lakers, they're so thin that I don't know what they can offer the Raptors that would then not deplete them for making other offers to other guys, you know, other acquiring other guys that would fill their need fit their needs also. So it's going to be interesting to see if this really does become a war, a bidding war between these two teams. But to me, the Knicks are the right fit. And I think to Bruce Brown, the Knicks are the right fit. But he actually said the other day, hey, I could be a great Tom Thibodeau player. He said, I love to run. You mentioned how he was hustling. You know, I love to play hard. I love that character. So he's campaigning to get to the next. <laughs> <laughs> it makes sense. It makes sense. He knows what he knows what's well for him. He knows, you know, yeah. what system works well for him. Um mm-hmm. obviously he was a, a huge piece for that championship team in Denver. Um, yeah. He changed the whole dynamic of that team with just hustle and energy. So uh like I said, I think he fits in with that Nick culture perfectly. Another deal we're looking at is Kyle Kuzma in D.C. Uh, The Wizards aren't definitely going to deal him, but he's certainly available for conversations. And uh, two teams that have uh, sparked some interest there, the Mavericks and the Kings. Uh, I guess, which team do you think could use Kuzma more between those two franchises? I think both teams could use him, but uh, I I I would love him with this Kings team. Um, The pace that they Mm. play at – Obviously, Kuz was a you know a part of that championship Lakers team with the bubble team. Um, Kuz knows how to play. He knows how to you know fit that mold of you know being that sidekick or or, or at sometimes you know third fourth option on teams. And um, he's a versatile defender. He's a versatile scorer. I just I, I picturing him next to Sabonis, Fox, Monk on the floor, getting up and down at the pace that they play at. Um, that's a scary team. And um, I think he elevates that Kings team to, you know, to the level that they're potentially trying to get to. Uh, Obviously, we all know that they have, you know, championship aspirations and, you know, adding a guy like Kuzma, I think they get one step closer to reaching that goal. See, that's why I like him on the Mavericks, because I feel like they're closer right now. So I like the idea that Kuzma could raise them into that like super elite West level. And look, people forget because he's been on such a a bad team that has really struggled for so long now and is trying to rebuild at the moment. Um, This is a guy who's shooting 45% from the floor. He's 22, six and four on the season. And again, in an environment where nobody's winning, nobody's scoring a lot of points. It's, it's just not been a good 
good place for him. And if he moved to a team that was doing all of those things, I think you would see his defense pop back up. As you said, he's a versatile defender. He defended well during that championship run with the Lakers. So he's capable of doing it. He just probably hasn't been in an environment where it feels like the highest priority right now. Um, and I would love to see him on that team because again, now, now we're really talking if, if you've got Luca and Kyrie and him and I just, and some of the supporting players they have there, I, I'd be interested, man. I, I, I want to see it. And it would help Washington too with what they're trying to do with rebuilding and acquiring assets. But, but I'm willing for you to sell me. You can sell me on the Kings deal. What would the deal you would do with the Kings to acquire Kyle, Kyle Kuzma? How would you put um, that together? Well, I think the obvious would be they're trying to correct that four, that three, four spot within their team. So I could see a guy like Harrison Barnes being, you know, on the block and a part of that trade and a guy that's been struggling to kind of crack the lineup and, and Davion Mitchell. So uh, I think mm-hmm. it benefits both sides. Um, those guys get to go to Washington. Davion Mitchell gets to expand his game and uh, show, you know, the league that he is, a, you know, a top player or a guy that could fit the mode of being a starting point guard in his league. Um, obviously, that'll never be the case playing behind De'Aaron Fox in Sacramento. So, uh, like I said, I think that's a, you know, a move that benefits both sides. And uh, I think both sides get better. So, um, I, in my opinion, Kuzma going to the Kings just it, it just works. It, it fits with mm-hmm. exactly what they need. Um, you know they're big on you know a certain type of guy. Kuzma super laid back, things of that nature. So it just fits the most. Yeah. Everything everything fits perfectly with that team. So um, I can see that move. You know working for both sides. All right. So Mr. GM, what about the first deal that we talked about? You want to see Bruce Brown with the Knicks? How would you execute that one? Oh. With Bruce Brown, um, mm-hmm. let's see. Evan Fournier. Evan Fournier would definitely be on the move. He, you know, he's mm-hmm. been very vocal about, you know, not enjoying the role that he's had the, the past couple of seasons. Uh, he's fallen out of the rotation. And, um, you know, he's a veteran guy that still has a lot to offer. So uh, you, him being on the move, going to a new destination, definitely would help him with finishing out his career. And, um, you know, the Knicks can move on with, what they're trying to do with creating an identity within this team of, you know, hustle and grit and everybody kind of matching that vibe with now mm-hmm. adding a Bruce Brown to the picture. So uh, once again, I think both sides will benefit from that and they'll be able to get off Evan Fournier's contract. They have plenty of picks to, you know, throw in. And I was going to say, they need to up. throw in a few things to sweeten the deal, but you're right. They've Absolutely. got, they've got that. So they could do that. No problem. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And, and, this- and like I said, I think every everybody benefits from it. So um, okay. it, it, just, it just makes sense. I like this. You've solved all of the NBA's problems in two trades. It's, you're, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> just sitting there in your lair in Taiwan. I, I like the idea that you've got like, you know, this, this <laughs> Asian plenty, outpost Plenty of now. time to think over here, uh, Rachel. I got plenty of time. <laughs> you're like, let me organize everybody's trades. <laughs> There you go. All right. It's time for I Will Take That Bet, presented by DraftKings. And, and Boogie, I want to take a look at the Lakers and one of the uh, odds up on the board right now. It has obviously been an up and down season for them. Uh, They had a nice win yesterday. Uh, They're showing us flashes of what they said that they could be. But still, I mean, when you talk about what 
they need before the trade deadline. It, it feels like it's getting to be a very long list. They're the number nine seed right now. They're 22 and 22. They're exactly at 500. So the bet is, will they or will they not make the playoffs? They are plus 105 to make the playoffs and minus 130 to not make the playoffs. So that's where the better money is. Um, are you taking the bet? I just want to point out, this means that they will make the final eight after the play-in round going into the playoffs. Are you taking the bet? I'm taking the bet. I'm taking All the right. bet. Um, and the reason I say that is because, one, LeBron James. Two, Anthony Davis. Um, with that being your foundation, you always have a great chance. Um, I don't know what's going on with, you know, the rest of the team or the rest of – you know, those rotating pieces that go around those two guys. Last year it worked well. This year it's, it's just not working. Um, yeah. I'm not sh- really sure what it is, but uh, I still think with those two guys, they have a great chance of making the playoffs. Uh, obviously they're going to, you know, make some moves this during this season or maybe during the buyout market, who knows, but they'll definitely make some moves, but, like I said, as long as those two guys are your foundation, they have a great chance of making the playoffs. So uh, I'm taking that bet. Yeah. I mean, look, this is a second-half team. We know that. We've watched that. I mean, they, they were in not great shape at this time last season. They made the Western Conference Finals. And, yes, some of it is because they scrambled and made those trades. And I do, like you, expect them to make trades again before this trade deadline. But a lot of it, too, is that LeBron James and Anthony Davis, no one to turn it on. That influences their other teammates. Uh, I think everybody has a more collective energy going in that building, you know, when you get to the second half of the season. I I just, I've seen this movie with LeBron too many times before. The team isn't doing great in the middle of the season. Um, You know, he's one of the few guys who's powered a team that didn't finish in the top 10 defensively and still ended up winning a championship. Um, This happens with LeBron James' teams uh, now in the back half of his career. And I, I just... I feel like we're going to get that push still coming. Um, but I, I guess part of it depends, too, on what these teams – we're just talking about trades for the Kings, what, what's happening with the Suns, right? And they're on the move. So, you know, some teams could get better if they get better also. But I'm still – I put my money on on the Lakers making it in before I wouldn't, right? Absolutely. Yeah. It is now time for Doom Scroll. Oh, yes. We search the socials. We search the internet so you don't have to. We bring you the hottest stories every week. And this time, it involves our own boogie. <laughs> Part of our collective group here, as you know, includes Stephen Jackson, includes Paul Pierce. And they've both been involved in a storyline with Udonis Haslam <laughs> this week. Oh, yes. UD's number, his name, went up in the rafters in Miami after 20 years being such a core part of that team. I personally was thrilled to see Udonis go up there. I think he absolutely is etched on that franchise's history. Steven Jackson apparently agrees with me. He did this whole post on Instagram, tribute to UD, one of the realest guys to do it. You know, and he pointed out this was earned, not given. He, he went through this whole list of accolades for Haslam. And just at the bottom in a comment there on the post is our friend Paul Pierce saying, nah, man. <laughs> given not earned, which has now caused a lot of back and forth. So I don't know, maybe you're the tiebreaker in our group here. We had Steven Jackson pro. We had Paul definitely con. I want to know where you are and, and what you think of Paul, as usual, making trouble. With this man, you just, you got to love Paul, man. 
I'm gonna start off with that. You just gotta love Paul. But <laughs> back to this. Um, it's absolutely deserved. Uh, UD is a huge part of that Heat culture. Um, obviously, when it comes to you know the criteria of getting your jersey retired, it's it's a certain standard that goes amongst the league. But also, with that being said, the Miami Heat organization works off their own standard. They've created their own standard. They've always operated yes. differently than the rest of the NBA. So yep. uh, they set their own criteria. And uh, mm-hmm. a huge part of that is Udonis Haslam. He's the OG. You know, that's what they call him. He's well-respected yep. within the organization, within the locker room. Um, he's a huge part of the reason the culture is the way it is. And, um, you know, it is it is deserved. So uh, when, when you think about it from their standard, uh, Obviously, Paul can, you know, have his opinion. He's <laughs> he's a Hall of Fame player. He he comes from he an is. organization. Of, you his know, numbers up in the Raptors in Boston Garden. Absolutely. And Boston has some of the greatest players to ever lace them up. So uh, it's a mm-hmm. different criteria when it comes to Boston. But uh, like I said, when it comes to heat culture, when you think about it, Adonis Hassan is the first person that comes to mind. Outside of, you know, D-Wade. But when it comes to, you know, pushing the culture and preaching the culture, yes. it's UD. So uh, yeah. I do believe it's deserved. Um, I, I think most of the league has a lot of love for UD and the way he carries himself, the way he goes about being a professional, the way he takes the young guys under his wing and, you know, just teaches the game and is always dropping knowledge. So, uh, you know, the mommy, he also have Dan Marino and Michael Jordan hanging up. Like like I said, they <laughs> they just operate on their own they have terms. Their own. And, Yes. They they do it their way. So uh, to yeah. each his own. And uh, with that being said, congratulations to UD, man. Well-deserved, brother. And those numbers going up in the rafters of each building, no matter what city you're in, are about what you meant to the franchise. It's not the Hall yes. of Fame, right? We have a basketball Hall of Fame to judge where you are in the greater scheme of the NBA and NBA history and all of that stuff. The numbers going up in the rafters are about what you meant to the team that is deciding to put them up. So to your point, the Heat have their own system, their own set of values. He certainly qualifies. But even in just sort of one of these other teams' systems of values, Udonis meant enough to that franchise that in any of those other buildings, if he had done the same thing, I believe his number would still be going up. I mean, he has just been a core, core part of who that team has been. 20 years is a very, very, very long time. So few guys have done it with one team So I, nowadays. So I just... I, I don't think there's any question, but I appreciate that Paul Pierce can just not help himself when it comes to that Miami <laughs> franchise and that era and how things ended up with them. So I, I just, I, I don't know if he thinks he can go back and, and, and win a playoff series that they didn't just through all of these comments. But, you know, I, he's, he's also gotten himself in trouble this week with someone over in the NFL who plays for the Bucks. So, you know, he's got a lot on his plate right now with all of the beef. Yeah that he has started. You gotta love (laughs) Paul. You gotta love him, man. You gotta love him. We love him. We love you, Paul Pierce. We love you. All right. Uh, This is a much sadder and less entertaining part of Doom Scroll. This really bummed me out to see um, Sports Illustrated has laid off basically its entire staff. Now, a lot of the the key staffers do have contracts for the next 90 days. Um, We will have to see if another buyer comes in. Uh, If they do buy it and want to keep them going, then those employees, I assume, will sort of either be formally rehired or just let be allowed to stay on. But 
there's a bunch of dominoes that has to happen for that to happen. Someone does have to come in and buy this and want to resuscitate it as an actual institution because that's what it is to this country and, and, and the value that Sports Illustrated has in the hearts and minds of sports fans. I, I just don't think you can create that anymore. Like It's too big a media market these days. There's too many things competing for your attention. When Sports Illustrated was Sports Illustrated, it was because it was the only game in town. And then you know we started to get you know Slam and some of the other magazines that meant so much. But Sports Illustrated was, was the rock that a lot of that stuff, that idea was built on. And you just can't get that anymore. And, and I just, I, I cannot understand these ownership groups. And there have been several in the last few years just letting this brand deteriorate into the ground. I mean, Boogie, you were on the cover of Sports Illustrated. What did that mean to you? It wasn't just some like normal thing, right? Man, it was a huge honor. And um, honestly, growing up, you know, as a young kid trying to make it in this game, uh, you strive to try to be on the front of Sports Illustrated. Some of the greatest collegiate athletes and professional athletes, you know, have, you know, graced this cover. So uh, when I think about it, it, it goes right back to my childhood, just remembering some of the greats being on the front of it. And, um, you know, one of the coolest moments in, you know, my college career was, you know, being able to be on the front of it. I got to rock my, one of my favorite pair of shoes, which is the Space Jam 11. And, um, yep. I mean, it's just so many memories when it comes to this magazine. So uh, I agree with you. Hopefully some somebody comes in and buys this, you know, takes over, uh, you know, this this magazine and hopefully continues the legacy of it because it deserves it. Uh, like it's a huge part of this sport in general, and um, like I said, it's a huge part of my childhood. So hopefully yeah. somebody comes in and does the right thing. It's just a resource that's not available anywhere else anymore. You, you can't go out and create another Sports Illustrated. So this is the one. This is the thing that holds that place in everyone's hearts and sort of has been the standard for so long. I, I, I just don't know how someone isn't going to see the value in it. But as I said, the last few ownership groups certainly haven't. So I, it's it's just very difficult to watch. We have friends who are there, of course. Um, you know, our producers were kicking around some ideas for SI's future. Producer Nate would like to see Michael Rubin of Fanatics buy it. I actually love, love, love this strategy. The idea that Fanatics could then market the covers, right? So if they were able to restore Sports Illustrated into meaning as much as it used to mean with the quality journalism and, and making the cover was a big deal, you could then market those covers as collectibles, right? And also put them on t-shirts, license them, stuff like that. I don't know. I, I like the producer pod thinking here. I think that's a great idea as well. Um, right? It's, it's just, it's too special to sports to let this just, you know, die out and act like it never happened. Um, this is definitely something that should, you know, be able to be continued. And uh, I think Michael Rubin would be the perfect guy to, you know, not only, you know, take over, but ele elevate it and continue to mm -hmm. let this legacy live on. All right. Well, we'll have to see if he, if he listens. If anyone out there is listening, please take care of this institution. <laughs> we as a sports fandom collectively, we need you to. And as I said, there's some really good people over there. And I would like to see them still getting to do what they do best. All right, Boogie, we have kept you awake in Taiwan for too long. I appreciate you hanging out with us in the middle of the night. Um, psyched that it's been such a good start for you over there. And uh, we can't wait to see more to come. Uh, you will be back with us next week again 
from Taiwan. I love it, the dedication. And we will see all the rest of you guys next week as well. Until then, you can find Bully Ball on the All the Smoke YouTube platform. You can find us wherever you get your podcast, and of course, on the DraftKings network. Uh, catch you guys next week. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community and of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live.